We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I apologize. Our station apologizes for not talking about the biggest news of the day affecting most New Yorkers. Some New Yorkers. And I'm surprised it hasn't affected you. This is monstrous news over the last 48 hours. If you take the Long Island Railroad, you had a chance in the last two days for the first time ever to take a train not into Penn Station, but into yeah. Grand Central Station. Now, I first heard that. Screwed me today. That's what I've heard. That's why I'm bringing this up. There are thousands of Long Islanders and Brooklynites who are pissed off because apparently the trains that now go to Grand Central have impacted many other trains that people are normally taking. And so there's a lot of pissed off people in New York City right now. Yeah, and with all well-deserved respect, it's not like they suddenly added a ton more Long Island Railroad trains. They just split up the schedules. So now if you were on a train every day religiously and you worked in Midtown or South, guess what? That same train time might be a Grand Central train time now. And the last thing Long Islanders want to do is the old Jamaica switch. No. And that's, <laughs> I had to do that today, freezing cold. Little mist running by. So we're in a weird spot, though, because of where we work. We work in a spot where Penn Station is a lot easier than Grand Central. Just is what it is. Yeah. But if you happen to be one of those hardworking New Yorkers who commute into the city and you were really close to Grand Central or one of the trains connecting at Grand Central is just easier for you, this is like the greatest news ever. Yeah, it's a dream come true. Yeah. But. As with anything, it's like go. It's like looking up a restaurant online. You're never going to read the positive reviews. Why? Because the people happy don't care. They're unhappy. Not, right, right. It's the people that have been affected negatively that can't stand it. So I'm a I'm in a weird place. I'm from Long Island, so I understand the LIRR. I've taken it many, many times. I actually still take it to this day to go to City Field. Like after a show, super take, easy. Oh, it's the greatest. Yeah. Plus the train is so much fun because everybody's drunk and high, and so it's like a party train. <laughs> not you me. Have to, you have to get through a Met game that way. I'm not drunk. No, it's going to the game. Oh, okay. You got to get through a Met game that way. (laughs) So when I heard this story, I'm like, that's really cool for those that could like to go to Grand Central. It's just easier. And then I got jealous because now if I ever take the train to take Metro North, got no issue with Metro North. I've had no problem with Metro North. But Metro North only goes into Grand Central. And I'm like, when do I get to go to Penn Station? When will there be Metro North trains that go into Penn? Because wait a second before you say a damn word. There's a lot of, I'll tell you in sports, there are a lot of Nixon Ranger fans who live in Westchester County. A lot of them. I know, stunning. I live in a Long Island Stunning, right? right? Yeah. They want to take the train directly to Penn Station instead of going into Grand Central, where then you could take the shuttle and then you got to take the subway. It's a pain in the ass. Like, getting from Grand Central to Penn Station sucks. So, 
I'm looking out for you guys, you Nick and Ranger fans. Look at me. When are we going to add a Metro North train that goes inside to Penn Station? Thank you very much. I'll agree on a handshake agreement. I will agree to whatever the payment is to get you guys to Penn Station. The moment we also do that for Long Islanders to get the Yankee Stadium. Because there's nothing worse than a hot summer day and that smell of urine on the subway when you got to go all the way up to, uh, oh, to the Bronx. Wait, 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 wait. That's completely different. How is it completely different? Because we There's just, a lot of Yankee fans on Long Island. That, that's not the point. We just added, I think this is the same, we just added a train that goes into Grand Central from LIRR. Haven't had it in 80 years, right? Okay. All I'm saying is why don't we scratch the back of Westchester and say Metro North goes into Penn Station like we're trading wives. Like, why can't we do that? I don't understand. Metro North goes into Yankee Stadium. No, no. Metro North go into Penn Station. You're not understanding. Yankee Stadium is irrelevant it's in this discussion. Irrelevant. Put the Yankees away, you Yankee fanboy. I'm talking about Penn Station. Okay, how about this? What how are you about missing? Take the Long Island Railroad back away from Grand Central and all go back to living in harmony we were because all it did was screw more people in <laughs> Are they looking into a Metro North train to Penn Station? I don't is think that, that a would thing? work mappically. What, why wouldn't it work mappically? Because when you come off Long Island... Hold I, on, I'm thinking. Evan, if you have to picture Long, this. I, I'm picturing it. Long Island... It connects to Manhattan via the East River, okay? A short gallop across the Meat, the meat River. Uh, the East River, right into Midtown to Penn, was an easy tunnel to draw up. Metro North, to get to the Midtown Manhattan, now you're talking about going through whatever body of water... What would that be? The Harlem River to go across when they cut through Yankee Stadium and get right, down? right. Now, we already have all these tunnels underneath with all the subways. How are you going to build a new one? We can't make it work. We can't have the train kind of borrow some of the other subway routes. I don't think they're the same. Like, I don't think the subway tracks are the same as the Metro North trains. So what you're trying to say is this would be really, really expensive and almost physically impossible to create. Is that your point? Yeah, like the structure's done. That sucks. Yeah, Grand Central's close enough to the East River that it was easy to just do a tunnel through a river. Hey, uh, Lugie, can you call the mayor and ask him if this is possible? No yeah, problem. We can somehow. And go downstairs and fetch me ice cream. Like yeah, that. and let's see if we could build the Jets a stadium in Times Square while yeah, we're wait, at wait, it. Wait a second. Isn't my question, like, affecting a lot of people? It is, It's Evan. not purely selfish. I don't even like taking the train. It's for the people I live close to saying, hey, we see Long Island gets access to Penn Station when, or to Grand Central. When do we get access to Penn Station? I don't know what a Metro North Pass costs, but let me just say this. Something tells me we're all paying the piper on Long Island real soon, and it's going to cost a big buck to have a monthly pass. So put it that way. You're right over there. I was choking on a cold drink. Seemed like I had a breath. Did you take the train today? Oh, yeah, you just told me that, and it got yes. screwed you up. Yes, yes, huh. I had to take the train in today. I'm so usually a driver in the morning. So you drove in for the morning, went back, and then took the train back? Is that what you did? What I should have done, yes, but I I did the show from home this morning. You did what? I did a home show this morning. Hey, can you inform Boomer Esiason that Sean Moore asked for the show from home on Tuesday? I know. Well, he do. likes to take notes on these things, and I respect it. So just let Uncle Boom know, okay? As soon as I get off the phone with the mayor, I felt the best way for me to do both an afternoon and morning drive show today and give my all and give my best to both programs was to not be tired at all. So I bought myself an extra hour of sleep. I bought myself not having to sit around here for four hours and worry about, you know, my car and everything else because there's no train times in the morning. And now I'm refreshed and I've given it my only afternoon while I've already giving you an A-plus morning drive show on CBS Sports Radio. Did um, DA wasn't considering giving you a day off or something? DA's actually away. Oh, DA. So away. I was in the power chair there this morning, too. <laughs> oh, so you were hosting. Yeah. Look at you. You were well, like the big guy. 
I was the big guy. I think people seem to forget when we moved to mornings, I was named, you know, the sidekick second voice Yeah, on the but show. you never talk. Every time I heard the show, I barely hear you. I never talk. It's the DA show. I only hear DA. There are other shows we won't mention that somebody's name is on the show and other people are very much on the air with them. Yeah, but when I've heard your show, I never hear you. I hear DA, and he's very good, by the well, way. You're not listening enough. Then. I don't listen enough? Maybe. You're definitely not listening <laughs> You're right. Enough. I'm not listening enough because, you know, I'm listening to Boomer and Geo. Hey, you can get us all on free on the Odyssey app. <laughs> it's all right there. Uh, real quick, so the NFL Competition Committee is going to, I think they meet this week, actually, or they meet soon. And so here are some of the proposals. You tell me if you like it. The Philadelphia Eagles, and you got to commend the Eagles. They're really working hard on the things that matter to all of us. The Eagles submitted something. I don't need to hear it. I'm out. Yeah, they proposed allowing teams to hand out the number zero and the number double zero. So thank you, Philadelphia. Very important stuff. Reviewing roughing the passer is one of the things they're talking about. I am a huge fan of that. Don't they have to do that? So, yes, but let's be real. They're not going to overturn many. Oh, so you think it's going to be kind of like the pass interference thing where yeah. the officials are going to conspire together and say, F you to the rule change, we'll never overrule it? They might on occasion, but the problem is so many of these roughing the passers that are controversial are so similar that the moment you overturn one and not do another, it'll create more of a headache. Yeah, not, it, but that's actually a really good point. That as much in theory as I like the idea of reviewing roughing the passer because it's one of the more frustrating missed calls in the NFL or calls that shouldn't be called – I, you're right that even if it was reviewable, it's not as if it would fix it. Like, yeah. basically, officials would look at it and say, yeah, not nah, roughing the passer. Meanwhile, all of us at home are screaming that it's not roughing the passer. So it sounds good in theory, but it wouldn't do anything. It would appease the fans until we've seen it operate and it not work it out. Our I think that's a great – I think you're right about that. I think you're, you're spot on. The other one is instituting a chance on uh, in the fourth quarter – to instead go for an onside kick, which is very rarely effective, rarely gives you a chance, Jets had it succeed this year, helped them win a game, is to allow teams to go for it on 4th and 15 from their own 25. Now, this is occurring in the XFL. We've seen this in the XFL. Actually fact, started in the Alliance of American Football in the XFL. Is that where it started? Yes. Okay, I'm glad that you gave them the proper credit because we all care very much about which two-bit league yep. created the rule. I'm just, I'm here for it. Okay, no, I'm glad. You watched all of it? Yes, so you would know that that 4th and 15 rule helped A.J. McCarron leave a great comeback for the Las Vegas St. Bandits. Louis Battlehawks, who, by the way, have already sold season tickets throughout the entire Rams Dome except for the upper level. So football's working in the, Ram- wow. in the Rams Dome. And the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Bandits, am I right about that? The Las Vegas Vipers, who Damn transferred it. over from Tampa Bay. Ah, Bandit sounds better, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It does. Should have been the Outlaws, like the original XFL. Oh, yeah. Team. Love that original XFL. Yes. New York Hitman, baby. Let's go. That's New go. Jersey Hitman. New York, New Jersey hitmen. Yes. Sure, whatever. Um, so they use it in that league. They've used it in that other league yeah. you mentioned that no one remembers. I'm I, I'm kind of mixed about it. I'm warming up to the idea. It's so extreme, but the onside kick is so rarely effective that maybe right. having a fourth and 15 as an opportunity, and it's not like it's going to be converted a lot. It's going to be converted. I think you looked it up last week, Lugie. What was it, like 15% of the time? Yeah, you're in the neighborhood, 15% yeah. well, that, or so. That was what I was going to say. And, and now, both editions of the XFL and the Alliance of American Football did this. And I'm not asking you to watch the games or care about the games. The amount of times it's happened and been successful is more than an onside kick conversion, but not nearly enough where you're like, this is ridiculous. A team is, you know, constantly just coming back in games. So, so you're in favor of it? I'm totally in favor of it. And what those leagues do, which the NFL, of course, has to do, is you're not getting a spot foul on pass interference. That's the key, right. So to defensive hold isn't going to be an automatic first down. And to, they'll never say this out loud. 
But for instance, the Bradbury Juju Smith Schuster call, they're not calling that on a fourth and 15. Like it has to be an absolute mugging that nobody could ignore the, the, to call the penalty. So the other negative, and I know when you're going for an onside kick anyway, you're desperate, but I want to point it out because I do think it matters, is that when you try an onside kick and fail, your opponent's usually getting the ball at midfield. Okay? So if you can force a three and out, if you decided to go for the onside kick a little bit earlier than it's complete desperation time and right. there's just no time left, you force a three and out, you could actually get the ball back and not have them kick a field goal, potentially. Okay? Yeah, but remember, you're doing it from so deep in your own territory. No, no, no. I'm talking about an onside kick. I'm talking about an onside oh, okay. kick. okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's my point. So for this fourth and 15, because you're going for it from your own 25, if you fail, there's more of a penalty than the onside kick. That's because true, you're basically giving your opponent three points. That's true, too. I, I Look, I'm in favor of it just because an onside kick is such a wasted practice. Like, there are times I will get up and just go, they're not going to recover it, and I'll go to the bathroom. Like, I've missed. The Chris Calloway in 97 is a long time ago, pal. Doesn't happen yeah, a lot for a Super Bowl with the Saints. Yeah. Look, it's happened, and when it happens, it's ultra-memorable. But it's but, so rare. Right, to the point it's almost a non— It's Put it this way. You are more excited if, you, if the Jets or Giants are down 10 points, three minutes left in the fourth quarter— you still have a glimmer of hope yeah, yes. of, that you can envision it happening. Oh, yeah. With the onside kick, it's like, why are we even doing this? Yeah, now? I think when they changed the rules of the onside kick and made it so unlikely yeah. to, to recover it, it kind of changed my view on it a little bit, too. So I think I'm warming up to it. So here's the last one. We'll get back to your calls. The NBA, and I feel bad because I made a comment to Lugie, and he was right away ready to, to pound me this morning. I was talking about uh, the, the baseball extra inning rule runner on second. Which I love. Okay, I hate it. I don't want to argue about it, but no. I think it's okay. horrible. The NHL has the shootout. Like, these fugazi rules to end games. End these games. And I said, you know, the NBA is the one sport where they won't do that. They'll just keep going. They'll play a first overtime, a second overtime, a third overtime. So, of course, this morning, Lugie and I both read that in the new CBA, <laughs> the NBA is talking about just ending these overtime oh, games. But, oh. <laughs> The writers want to go home. <laughs> the NBA players don't want to play 65 minutes a night if there's triple overtime. Oh, They so, don't get paid to work overtime. Oh, they don't get paid it. to play all the games stop they play, it. and they have the time they're not I, playing. Both of you I hate right now. All of us roll our eyes if we get asked to do an extra hit. Luke Gower, you think he's doing his bridge show tonight if it's free? <laughs> no, I would not. <laughs> he would not. Thank you. So the NBA is thinking about instituting the Elam ending for overtimes. And just real quick, they use this in the All-Star game. Basically, it's a target score. So if the Knicks and Nets tomorrow night are tied at 110 and it goes to overtime, they would say hypothetically 125. We played a 125. Yeah. When you start an all-star game at 9 p.m. Eastern, at some point it's got to end, right? Right. But they don't do it necessarily because they want the game to end. They do it, and I have to admit this. I don't think I'm an extremist. The Elam ending is one of the great ideas out there because basketball's conclusion to games is not natural. Fouling guys constantly in the last minute is not real. We don't do that when we're playing basketball as a kid. It's one no of the one biggest. If it's one of the biggest arguments if anybody doesn't like the NBA of how the games end. Correct. I agree with that. And while it's so extreme to say the NBA should have an Elam ending for real games, I'm not against it because it's real basketball. Like, think about it. If the Knicks are up by five on the Nets with a minute to go, we start fouling. And it ain't real. Or I'm up by three with 10 seconds to go. We start fouling. And it's not real. What the Elam ending is, is, okay, fourth quarter, here's our target score, 130. Which means every game ends with a game-winning shot. Every game ends with... Somebody calling game. 
essentially. And so when I heard that they were thinking about it for overtime, as much as you should make fun of me, Lugie, I totally get it because it contradicts what I've been saying about baseball and the NFL. Go to town on me. I think it's great because I really think that games ending on an Elam ending is a more natural way for basketball to end, not with us fouling, not with, we're up three, let's foul, hit two free throws. Now we hit free throws. Now you, it's not real basketball. So if they brought the Elam ending to overtime, I wonder if that normalizes it enough where the Elam ending will eventually come to the fourth quarter. I'm I'm on board. In fact, I'm stunned that we've gotten this long because Elam endings, it's been like five All-Star games. Yeah. When it first came out, everybody was like, oh, people were in favor of it. But they all said, wow, maybe we could use this. And it's kind of shocking to me that five years later we haven't instituted this at all. Because I don't think people care enough about the All-Star game where they're walking away from it saying, this is great. Well, Let's bring it to the NBA. Let's bring it to maybe regular the game games. at three in the afternoon on a Sunday, people would you know, see if, it more and understand or, it. Or maybe if it wasn't a layup line. Okay, well, I mean, that's you true. Talk about no the defense star- and all of that. Yeah. Okay. As you can see, I really can't stand as a morning guy at the NBA All Star. I mean, seriously, like you're very selfish. You're only thinking about yourself that you have to wake up early. Yeah, I, who's going? What are you getting up at three in the morning? Half the the country. If they put the Last of Us on at midnight, everyone would be watching. People uh, just don't want to watch the NBA All Star. It's game. an All Star game. Time. Why? First of all, if you start an All Star game near nine p.m. Eastern, to me, you have said. You know how uh, what the Rams said, F them picks? You're saying F them kids. It's about adults. Yeah, l- listen, if you're doing listen, adults, then listen, I don't need fantasy listen. drafts. You're not wrong, Phil Mushnick, but that's not the point. Right. Like, I get it. I, I'm not even disagreeing with you, but okay, the game started late. But I'm you're serious. You're an old curmudgeon. You have to people... wake up early. I get it. I respect but it. But more people would have an opinion on the Elam ending and want it in the game if the game didn't end at midnight. I got to tell you, Lugie, you thought you were going to get an angry Evan here. I think I'm in favor of the Elam ending in overtime because I do think that when people experience more of it, we're going to realize that that's basketball. Yeah, but Evan, the only point that I would make, and this is why I got on you, is that when you talked about baseball and you talked about soccer and you talked about all these other sports, NFL, that have t- tinkered with their overtime rules, you got on your high horse and said, the NBA, they don't, you know, if it's tied after an overtime, they play another, they play another, they play another. Now you want a target score? Like it's like roller derby? Well, like okay, it's still okay, gimmicky. Okay. I get they're playing. That's not as gimmicky oh, as the shootout. They're, no, I they're, disagree. They're playing basketball, no doubt. It changes things. But it's still a but, gimmick. Okay, no, no, okay. no, no, no. But the Elam ending is also, as you said, Based on what they've already played. Yeah, it's... It's not like, hey, games... Yeah, who cares what they've done in the first three quarters? It's about the end of game. And we've all seen where, hey, you can't hit your free throws. That can impact the end of a game. You want to take that out of it. Uh, not hitting your free throws at the end of games is as rare as an onside kick these days. I, not to, I disagree with that. And it's not college where guys don't hit free throws That was a hot take, but the point is... Yeah, I, I wouldn't... Free throws get sunk all the time. I'm not arguing about free throws being made and free throws not being made. I'm just saying, and, and you know me, bro... I'm probably going tonight, though I haven't decided yet if I'm going to tonight's Nets game. I gotta because I'm going tomorrow. It's a lot. You know, I go to a lot of NBA games, yeah. and I it's, love the, sport. the Alien Podcast. Is out. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. I uh, genuinely love the sport, so I'm not parachuting in trying to fix a sport I don't love, like hockey. I try to be honest about it. I like hockey. I don't love yeah. hockey. I don't watch it every night. I watch the NBA every night. So at least you could hate me and disagree with this. This is coming from a place of love, right? Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. Okay, thank you. Agreed. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie. You're welcome. The ending to these games for my entire life I've looked at and said, this ain't real basketball. Like, we've gotten used to it because it's all we know, but a target score feels more real to me than let's foul up three or we're going on a foul-a-thon on the final minute of a game and because there's 30 seconds left and we're down by five. And, and, yeah, crazy things can happen, and those endings are wild, and some are good, some are bad. It just doesn't 
I think this is yeah. a realer ending. This is I, basketball in its pure form. You do not want to face your teammates in the locker room knowing you didn't man up and man up enough on the shot that ended the game either. Like it, I think it will lead to better defensive play late in these games. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I could see I, that too. No so, problem. Well, you know what, Evan? In fact, let's take it a step further. First team to hit twenty-one, you got to win by two wins. <laughs> you know, let's just forget you the first. You know what? Qu- Gets us out in an hour and a half. Sean's too. Sean's got to go to bed so they can interview an ex-NFL no, player no, no, on the no, show. No, no. Loogie, and Loogie, then Loogie. Loogie. that's Loogie. not fair. Kevin here's Millar on him more. Here's what's, here's what's not fair though. I, while the NBA may be doing it for all the wrong reasons, and you have every right to rip that, they no, are that, doing it 100% for minute restrictions. I acknowledge that. That's not why I'm doing it. Like, I'm not arguing for it because I don't want guys playing 48 minutes in a game or 52 minutes in an overtime game. I'm arguing for it because I think it's better. Like, flat out, I think that's better pure basketball. And I acknowledge that I'm probably in the minority. Like, I know that, and I, I don't think that. you are. You don't think I among basketball fans or amongst casuals? Because I'm representing, I think, a basketball Evan. fan. I watch a million games. Evan, we could tie this right into what we've just seen the past four days. Three weeks ago, how many baseball fans, purists, were complaining about the pitch clock? You could count them on two hands today. Once you see the Elam ending, which was kind of my half-hearted point about the All-Star game, in the NBA and how it works and seeing how games are ended— Every fan, most fans would change their tune and go, this is awesome. So we'd have to see it enough. Yes. I and think that's it's one why, of those things. They don't like Sean, the idea of it. They okay. like seeing it. And that's why if they did institute this for overtime, and I think it's going to happen for all the wrong reasons, you're right, then maybe people's view will change. Because I think if yeah. you see that, you're going to say, that was actually kind of cool. It's definitely a test run, but you're now talking about how many games go to overtime in the NBA, right? Now you're talking about every single NBA game having that type of ending. Well, you also have that to... is a drastic change. It to, is a drastic change. And yeah. I'm not with you that the end of NBA games isn't real basketball. I'm just not. You're trying to yeah, okay, certain games certain maybe certain games, not every game, certain... obviously. Last night's Knicks Celtic game ended fine because the Knicks kicked the Celtics ass. Okay, we're talking about a tr- a drastic change for a few scenarios that I don't think hurts the product. I, I just don't see it that the way. The longer games hurt the product, and the Elam ending is going to get uh, rid of okay, the longer games. Okay, but that's overtime. Games. That's overtime. By, by the way, Not longer, the regular season fourth quarter. Lo- longer games have no negative impact on the NBA because there are no such thing as longer games. What? Like, what's the longest NBA game of this regular season? And I don't even know if you could find the info. It's probably what? not even three hours. I was going to say, like, 250-ish? Yeah. Well, and also, wouldn't the Elam ending, you keep talking about, like, the, how great endings are. Wouldn't the Elam ending on a close game? <laughs> Be the best possible ending It'd to be amazing. Game? And again, the Elam oh, ending. The next shot wins? What are you kidding me? The Elam ending, just a quick description, in case anybody's confused or just tuning in, is a target score. So if it's 110, 110 going into the fourth quarter, they say, okay, first team to 135. Yeah, Whatever and, that number and is. Former NFL kicker Jason Elam came up with it. That's not true. Am I? Is it? It's not true. What? You sure about that? Better go to Google. I'm damn sure about that. Why don't you Google that? All right, this is a Craig moment right now. Because Craig will say a lot of BS things, and Jason then I will Google Elam, it. in his no, it's not. It's a co- isn't it a Canadian no. coach Jason, that came up no, with no, it? No, no, Jason Elam was in on that sports spike Who ball for a long in time. The Elam ending. Who came up with the Elam ending? I have the. I can't you believe want. you don't know this. Who came up with it? Nick Elam. Thank you. I win. Nick Elam, who was an assistant professor at Ball State University, introduced the idea hold on, in 2007. Hold on. Ball State? You've been cartoned. This is I only have an hour staff, left to beat Craig. State. I had to pull off my best impression. <laughs> He's coming clean. I will give you this. You had me for like... <laughs> I saw a... the look in your face, and I said, damn it, I got him. <laughs> no, you didn't, though. You had me thinking. You had me thinking, but you didn't have me. Real quick, Harry is in the Bronx. What's up, Harry? Yeah, um, Evan, uh, I'm just calling a 
confirm the uh, uh, Metro North to Penn Station. Yes. I uh, I assume that because I was just listening on SNY and I, I was just assuming that you live on the Harlem line uh, up in Upper Westchester, right? I don't even know what line. <laughs> well, the point of the matter is, is that you asked. The point of the matter is, you asked if there was ever going to be a Metro North in the Penn Station. Yes, it's a is, very important is, question. Yes, they there is a planned um, construction of the New Haven line from Connecticut to oh. go through the Amtrak into Queens. Oh, are you serious? But the Harlem line, which I think you're on and oh. I'm on too, I'm in Woodlawn. Um, they, there's no plan for that to ever. So happen. we're not getting it, but the other line is getting it. The New Haven line is getting it, and there are plans for the Hudson line to get and it because there there's Amtrak connections oh, uh, on those why? lines, and there's no Amtrak connection Thank on the main line. Because those all go through those side rivers there. All right, so the, yeah. when, when is it opening? Do you have a, a year for us? Not not any uh, not any idea. There's been a plan for years, but I think they they're getting closer to breaking ground. So like they're going to go just took thirteen years for the Long Island to get this breaking ground. Yeah, just for the record, Evan wants to cancel all three trains so the Harlem line can go down <laughs> and get it to Penn. I also don't want to know when that bridge between Long Island, Connecticut, is being built. I, I heard they were planning oh, that for a while. You know how easy that would be for me. <laughs> Get the Phil Peppies in a second. <laughs> I remember being obsessed with this a few years ago where I was Googling, like, really, they're going to build a bridge? And the thoughts about it, how much it would cost, how who's against it, who's for it. And they've never done They're never going to well, do it. Well, they started the expressway that was supposed to lead to, and it just ends awkwardly now. It's the Seaford Oyster Bay so Expressway. So it's never happening. No, you get to the end of this expressway and it basically ends on one of the roads. And you just like, if you keep driving, you're into the woods. Well, the good news is you can take a ferry. So if you really want to travel. It's a pain in the no, I'm sure, because then where's your car, by the way? You're you loading put your in car the car, they pack it in tight, and oh, you get on. Your car goes on the ferry. Yeah, your car goes on the ferry. Oh, it yeah. is, and by the way, it's scary. They, they give you like an inch on each bumper. No, thank you. They get the bar card upstairs, but who needs to drink when you need to pull the car out? Afterwards? Wait, do you stay in the car or do you get out of the car? You park the car, and they put you through this like I- petrified, oh my goodness, I'm going to nail another car. Then you get out of the car. Oh, okay. And then they open up the ramps and kind of one by one, you have your ticket and you go down, you drive off. I remember years ago, I was exploring Long Island because as a kid, I never explored Long Island and I drove to Shelter Island and apparently I get that. I didn't even know anything about this. Yeah. You could pull your car onto a boat. You sit in the car for like 10 minutes. It's not even a long ride. <laughs> like the ride in car wash. Yeah. And then they pull you onto an island and you get out of the island and you just drive around and buy really expensive food and drinks. Yeah. Antiquing. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, better things to explore on Long Island. Shelter on. Did you actually know that Long Island is a peninsula? Oh, God. Here we go. This is why we don't turn his mic on. This is why we don't do it. He actually is right, but, you know. Well, hold on. Can I challenge him for a second? Oh, you can absolutely (laughs) challenge it. It is a peninsula. Four sides surrounded by water. No, it is a peninsula. Well, just because the Atlantic Ocean wraps around there doesn't technically make it a peninsula. It's still four ends of an island covered by water, which would make it an island. Continue this conversation off air. All right, we'll do that after after the aliens. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... 
deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. FAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. Everybody's talking about the pitch clock, and it's awesome, and it's great. There's one other thing, and then a really big thing that nobody's talking about. Uh, the bases are bigger, so the guys are going to steal more bases. Okay, I think that's clearly going to happen. But I'm surprised as a Yankee fan, Sean, you're not worried. Worried? Oh, you should be worried. Because there's a rule change, or a rule change is not the correct way to define it. There's something that the umpires will be doing this year that, I mean, it would worry me if I were you. As a Yankee fan? Oh, I'd be very worried, yeah. Okay, I, I don't even know where to bite on this. I wish I had a more witty answer for you in real time. Well, it's just witty. I'm going to tell you facts. I mean, and then you could tell me that you're okay. worried or you're not worried. Because I'll just going to tell you right now, I'm pumped up about the banning of the shift. I think that's going to prove the Yankee lineup. No, that's great. It has nothing to do with the shift. It has nothing to do with the bigger bases. Literally mm. something MLB is going to focus on that nobody's talking about. Okay. It's not getting a lot of attention. I don't think it affects me. I don't think it affects Lugie as a Met fan. Okay. I do think that... Um, it could affect you or affect certain people on your team. Okay. And that is MLB was not happy with the umpires, let's say, laissez-faire approach to the sticky stuff last year. They feel like the umpires got a little bit lazy. They believe that the umpires were just going through the motions where they said, yeah, let me see your hands. Oh, nothing's there. Let's move on. Umpires will be randomly checking hats, gloves, belts. They will be a lot more aggressive in 2023 oh, than they were a year ago. They will be a lot more uh, looked at this season than last. And, I mean, I don't want to name names, but there's somebody on your team that should be a little worried. All right. First of all, we've seen that Garrett Cole's reestablished his dominance. We saw him in the postseason. Or never be as dominant as he was with sticky stuff. Well, of course he did because they weren't checking. Basically, the umpires they checked were like every, the blind not, security guards going you know, like, oh, yeah, he's fine, let's move we've on. We've had a nice afternoon. We all have watched well over, and obviously Evan, 400-plus, well over 100 baseball games a year mm-hmm. the last two years since they started the sticky stuff checks. You see them take down the mitt. You see them take the every single game. I see the pitch. They make sure TV makes sure they show it. Yeah. Show me where the laissez-faire happened. So gonna, Are we supposed to make him pull down his pants and see if he's hiding pine tar on his butt cheeks? I'm going to explain it to you. Do you know where this came from? Do you know why this is happening this year? Tell me it's the Musgrave year, th- Musgrove year thing. Well, look, I think it's very fair to wonder about that. Joe Musgrove was bathing his ears and you know, whatever yeah. he was. It actually came, from the, sweat. it came from the batters. That batters started complaining that they feel that the testing or the checking had become too predictable. It was happening at the same time in every game, and they were noticing that the inning-to-inning variation on the spin or, uh, velocity and ratio was changing in a very dramatic way. And so hitters started complaining to Major yeah, League Baseball, according to the Athletics' Eno Saris. And now they're going to start checking this thing out. They're going to take this a lot more serious this year. All right, then take off your batting gloves. Stop using pine tar on your bats. 
And then let's just, nobody checks anybody. What are you doing? That's whataboutism. We don't do that on this show. Why are you attacking hitters now? The hitters are telling you something. I'm attacking complainers. Complainers, they have a rule, and basically baseball got lazy about it over the last year, and the hitters are saying, hey, you should take an eye on this. Joe Musgrove's uh, spin rate was exploding in the wild card series. Maybe we should take a look at this. He didn't wipe off his ear. His ear was still glistening when he got checked, Evan. I I hate to break it to you. I know, because the umpires were in the bag on that one. Oh, (laughs) jeez. I'm just kidding. I don't know if Joe Musgrove knew what he was doing. if you have the goal to cheat for three innings, let's say, and then suddenly know in the fourth inning you're getting checked or whatever it is, if there was really a pattern like that, you really have stones because the umpire could change that at any moment. But, I mean, come on. Just stop complaining. Well, for, first we, we've of all, had the checks. By the way, it kind of ruined baseball in a little bit. How did it ruin baseball? Well, it ruined baseball for me when Garrett Cole wasn't great. <laughs> right? Okay, that's a fair answer. That, I mean, to be honest with you, but just enough. It also, Mike Schiltz, by the way, what is his name? Schultz, Schiltz, the Cardinals manager. I already forgot his name. Schiltz. He was the one who first opened up this can of worms and started complaining, well, no, and now no, he's not I, even I, managing it. I don't think it was one guy. I think it was that hitters had mentioned it for a while that they were noticing that the spin rates were changing, and it became like this open secret around Major League Baseball. The, busting balls aside, what I would say seriously about this is if you're going to have a rule, enforce it. That That's just the way I look at it. If you're going to have a rule... Yeah. Enforce it. If you're going to take the spin rates and sticky stuff as if it's serious and it means something, then enforce it. Having the umpires go out in the most predictable way in the same inning, going through the motions to check out a pitcher where they're really not doing anything, like, what are we doing? Either do it or don't do it. Don't we also think, though, and I know we've only focused on, well, the hitters need time to adjust their batting gloves and get Mm -hmm. set and get focused. Don't we think that the pitch clock should also help where you don't have enough time to sit there, play with your hair follicles, rub stuff on the ball? I mean, you got to be thinking more quick as a pitcher now, yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, you don't have enough time. You don't have as much time necessarily to, like, rub around, but you can rub around. Well, wherever you're getting the sticky stuff. I got news for you. Based on that pitch clock length, I got plenty of time. <laughs> but you still can apply the sticky stuff. You can still be ready to go to kind of grip the baseball the way you want to. Like, I never – I was never – freaked out by the sticky stuff. I never thought it was some kind of baseball scandal. But you see what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to have a rule, if you're going to take something you're seriously... You're to mix up when you do it and have everybody on Yeah, what's toe. wrong with that? Because well, really, over the last few years, they it, it did feel like they, the last year, not few years, because it started a few years ago. But what's ago. an umpire supposed to do? Look back and say, hey, yes, uh, five starts ago, this guy got checked in the third inning, so I better check in the first inning Well, now. I think what they're also saying, according to this athletic article, is that they're going to randomly check, so it's not going to be as predictable, and they also can be more aggressive in going out in the middle of the inning if they see something suspicious. Now, what could happen... You see something, say something. Yeah, of course. And w- where Buck did nothing wrong, in my opinion, And jokes aside, I don't know if Joe Musgrove cheated or not. I have no idea. But what Buck did that I support was that he's being told, hey, his spin rate's not normal right now. Right. This is not what he's done throughout the season. So you have a choice if you're a manager. You could just sit there, take your ass beating and calling it a day. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to try something. Maybe this bothers him. Maybe he gets ejected. Who the hell knows? But I've got to try something. And that's why I'll defend Buck about that any day of the week. If you've got information telling you this is weird, you're going to sit back and do nothing? Obviously, circumstances also play part into this. Defend him. I could argue that was the best Buck managerial decision all year. Oh, so you were supportive of it? Yeah, even if it didn't work because of a... He was damn it. If he didn't do anything, what would the topics have all been on the fan next day? 100%. Can you believe Buck sat on his ass and didn't do anything when he had the option for it? 
And worst case, even if Buck himself believed that, that he was doing nothing wrong, there was nothing on the year, he would get mowed down. You if, it, if, it, if it's a disruptive moment and you're losing anyway, and that's your one shot to throw him off his game, then it's perfect no, no. managing. I, bro, it didn't I, work out. doesn't mean it was an idiot for I, doing it. I completely agree with you. And I, what I noticed when this was the case after the wild card series, it wasn't like a Met-Yankee fan split. There were Met fans who were pissed at Buck. Gary Cohen was ripping them. Yeah. How saying, embarrassing. Was, yeah. It wasn't embarrassing. And no. I think what this may do is cause more gamesmanships. Where if you're a manager and you're getting mowed down three, four innings in, what? Why does it hurt to go to an umpire and say check him? Why does it hurt? Like what the hell's and wrong with that? Way, when so much of the manager's job now is in a binder, now not necessarily Buck Showalter. If that's the bit of gamesmanship we get with managers, it spices things up. I'm for it too. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, you've you've got to try anything, and you know if you think something suspicious is going on. It's worth a try. But it's interesting. I read about that the other day, and it's not being talked about. Like, no one is mentioning, hey, they're going to start checking this a little bit more. And maybe it's not going to be a big deal. Maybe it's also nobody... not top of mind. It's not as grand a change as everything we've been talking about. No, either. no, no. It's just a continuation of what we've already got. Like, obviously, the pitch clock's gotten all the attention. The bigger basis thing, though, is a big deal. I mean, from the few spring yeah. training games I've watched, guys are running a lot more. And not only are they running more... They're getting called safe like 90% of the time. I don't know if I've seen a guy caught stealing yet. I saw one because I remember my son was scoring the game and wanted to know how to, Yo, what to geez. do. wasn't me. It was my son. Can we I buy the kid an Xbox? Really? You think that's more important than learning how to score the beautiful game of baseball? He's got plenty of time to learn to score the baseball game. It's, it's, a, it's a lesson you don't – it's a life skill you don't need. Do your daughters want to be like you yet, Sean? Well, they're thin, so <laughs> – they still have their hair. So, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like your daughter's. How old is your oldest daughter? I apologize. Three. Although I could argue she's starting to take on some gross tendencies. We found a booger wall. So she does want to be like you. Apparently. You've had a booger wall your entire life. Well, my sister likes to pin that on me. I don't think that was me. <laughs> you're going to notice as your beautiful young girls get older, they're going to want to be like dad dad. They're going to want to be like dad. And, and it's going to be good things, not bad things that we're making fun of. So isn't it possible? That my son just wants to be like dad and score baseball games. I think that's... Is that possible, Sean? I think that's super sweet. And if I was you, I would love that. I think I speak for everybody, specifically this radio station. The last thing the world needs is two more Evan Roberts. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a problem. Let's go to Mike in Wading River. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Uh, hey, uh, I don't think anything is really going to change until they go to the automated strike zone. Because... Um, the batter's coming into the box. The pitcher's waiting on the batter. All changes. But once they know there's an actual strike, the, that will change the game tremendously because the, the batters are going to know not to swing. They're not going to turn around and be like, oh, I can't believe it. They, they're going to recognize that strike zone. So once if, if we can't get to an automated uh, strike zone, then um, you know that's going to be that's going to be that is going to be. I, I actually agree with you. That, that is going to be a much more significant change than the pitch clock because all the pitch clock is doing is bringing baseball back to where it was 25 years ago, and you're kind of forcing the issue. Right, like you're just forcing guys to work at a pace that they used to work at. If they ever go to an automated strike zone, and they're going to get there, not sure when. That is a revolutionary change in sports. Because for the first time among the big four sports, the hockey, the NBA, and the NFL, I'm going to leave tennis out because you'll see why, there's going to be a definitive yes or no on calls. There's, that doesn't exist in sports. I guess yeah. maybe out-of-bounds calls in the NFL, but a holding call is subjective. 
A ball and a strike in which you have a strike zone and a machine is calling it no longer becomes subjective. It is or it isn't. Yes, however, I do think that we will see less complaining about the strike zone this year, even without the automatic strike zone. Why? We won't have time to sit back and ponder what we just saw as a pitch because the next pitch is coming you know, basically in 20 seconds. Yeah, you've got less time to complain, less time to step out and complain, but... When Don't we, you think that matters, though, dude? Um, in terms of what? Like, if you you have so, there have been times where it's been so much time after maybe a controversial pitch where we've seen two or three replays of the pitch and it's driven us outrageous. You know, if we're already right oh, on so to the next pitch. So you're saying for us as fans, we will see less replays because there's less time in between pitches. Yes, yes, and I think that matters. Look, let's be honest, we're smart, but we're all stupid too. If we don't have time to sit and and wallow in our thoughts and we're on to the next thing, that will cover up some of the deficiencies. Well, it's funny. It won't never happen, but it will ease it. It's funny you say that. I, I've always had this contention in every sport that the referees in the NFL are not worse today. They're not. The no. umpires in baseball today are not worse today. We see more today. Yes. That's think, what it is. There's a chance in uh, Super Bowl three. That only Joe remembers. There is a chance that there were like four horrific calls well, there were. that we are not even aware of because we didn't see the close-up all, replay. All of. you've got to do, and, and not only that, like you're right about that, but even if you go back and watch old games without seeing the replay, you can see things and say, wait a second, I don't know if that's a penalty. Right. I don't know if that's real. Did he get two feet down? Right. right. Oh, the two feet down? Yeah, 100%. So... I've always believed that as much as we get pissed off by umpires and NBA referees and NFL referees, they're not necessarily worse today than they were 30 years ago. No. We're just seeing a lot more. They're still the same humans called the same place in real time. We're just seeing NBC. It really slowed oh, down. Yeah. What's going on? We're seeing super close things. It, I think we'll still see replays, but you're right. I mean, the TV production, SNY can speak on it. Yes Network can speak on it. They can have less time to show crowd shots in right. between pitches. They have less time to show replays or... Have Steve Gelbs have his report. Yeah. Because there's only 30 seconds. It's, it's just, it, it is what it is. It doesn't mean we'll never complain about it, but I do think it'll be reduced. And oh, by the way, that's the only thing we're basically not seeing. I don't know how you feel about this. I also love that baseball's throwing all of us, all of this at us at once. Bigger bases, the, the pitch over moves, the pitch As clock. opposed to year after year. Year after year, let's just institute something new. Give me as much on my plate as possible. And let's get this thing going, the new era of baseball. Well, yeah, I mean, let's just move on. Like, right. if you know you're going to change the rules, do it. Now, the reason they didn't institute it last year is, is they just didn't have time to, obviously. Right. Uh, but this year, yeah, they're giving us everything. And the stolen base thing is going to be a huge deal. The no-shift thing is going to be a huge deal. And obviously, the, the pitch clock has got most of the attention. But these rule changes are significant. Like, they're going to change a lot of things about baseball in a big way. By the way, this actually has less to do, could be a benefit to the Mets when you figure Nimmo probably hits leadoff for them this year full-time. I wonder if this re-can changes lineup configures again, the stolen bases, where we get less of the Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu going by on-base percentage, getting your best hitter up first who's a home run hitter. Yeah. Maybe you're more willing to put speed at the top of the order, swipe a bag, let's go. So here's my theory on this to answer that, because I've been thinking about, like, how does it change a lot of things? I don't, while there will be a guy that steals 70 bases, I think everybody's going to steal more bases. So okay. take Brandon Nimmo. He didn't steal a lot of bases last year. How many did Aaron Judge have last year? I have to look it up. But if I had to guess, I'd say he had 10. I was going to say 12. You're going to say 12? Oh, let's get the answer to that. I'm looking it up right now. Aaron Judge had uh, 16. Okay. Wow. I was closer. Didn't go over. Bro, the, the highest he had in his career before 16 last year was 9. 
nine six three zero six sixteen. I would the guess eight feet tall helps. You can start sliding midway through and it's safe. <laughs> I would guess he steals more bases. I would guess like stolen bases are up by everybody. For everybody. So it may not necessarily be one guy like exploding. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying every team's gonna have Vince Coleman on the team, but No, no, I, I agree. It won't. But I just I do think that might come into thinking where, okay, we're more focused on the on base, but you know, if I get a guy on and I know that he's basically a high clip for a stolen base that changes everything. If I can save my guys back into more run-producing spots in the line. Well, it's crazy because for years, uh, a part of the new age and sabermetrics has been stolen bases aren't worth it. It's not worth the risk. So why are we going to risk the 23% shot you're going to be caught stealing? We'd rather just have you on first base. Well, if all of a sudden the stolen base percentage numbers are going to go way up, and I don't know if they're going to get to 90% by any stretch, but they go up, all of a sudden your focus is going to say it is worth it. Yeah. You're stealing bases well, at such a high clip. It is worth trying Evan, to steal second base. Evan, not even a stolen base. I'm going to throw a couple words at you. The baseball fans have forgot about it. How about the old hit and run? Especially with the shift ban now as well. I mean, send that, a guy. You can't cheat that, a little bit. That's why all these rules, as crazy as it sounds, they're actually old school. Like it's making the game back to its purest right, form. Right. That's what's so funny about it. Like, yeah, it's weird to say there's a shift that's being banned or the bases are bigger and there's a clock. Oh, my God, those are things baseball would never do. But the repercussions of what baseball's doing is actually bringing it back to an era in which the traditionalist probably loves even more. Yes, yes, yes. Tonight, the Rangers don't play, but they did trade for uh, Patrick Kane. That finally went down, so congratulations to all you Ranger fans. Let's go! Parade time, baby! You pumped up about this? Of you course like this? I'm pumped up. They're going all in. They added two superstars to a team that went to the Eastern Conference why you, Finals. Why last are you year. screaming at me? All I was asking is if you're excited. You don't have to yell at me. I well, didn't do anything all, wrong. It's the final stretch run of the show. I am excited. And, and you know what? Screw the, the no hockey on FAN stuff for a second. Ranger fans, I'm here for you. We should be pumped up. Let's yeah, go. Congratulations. I mean, I think what loses its appeal is that you knew about it for a week. I mean, for a week, all we heard about was it's a done deal. It's 90% done. He wants to be here. But it's you a done never deal. never know it's, it's done until it's done. No, no. I get. Listen, with Carlos Correa, I experienced it as a Met fan. So I, I get it. But it is a little anticlimactic. Like when I heard about it earlier today, I was like, all right, finally, it's over. I'm so sick of yeah. reading tweets from a hockey insider saying they're 99% done. This guy's being held out. That guy's being held out. Just make the trade. So is he ready to play tomorrow? Is he good yeah, to go? Yeah, he's going to be on the ice. He, he had to take a leave from the Blackhawks during this whole thing. We're ready to go. Look at that. They're going to roll three lines deep. And look, this is it. This is serious. You may not care, but we're going to care in the spring when they're yeah, that close listen, to a parade. NHL playoffs, absolutely. They're the second best team in this town. Obviously, the Devils are the team to beat in this area. I respect that. You don't even believe that. Do I? I don't know. You I don't know. Jack that. Hughes is awesome. Okay, yeah. that's what I. And the Devils what I, are a very good team. Rangers are deeper. And here's what I know. Here's what I know. Every day, I always like to check the standings. Uh, big, big standings guy, yeah. just to see what's going see the on. Devils up above. Check the box scores. See what's happening. Even if I'm not watching these games intently at all season long, here's I've noticed two things. Number one is very frustrating as an Islander fan. The Islanders are in the playoffs spot today, and they play Minnesota tonight. They've always played like three or four more games than yeah. everybody else. So I see them in a playoff spot, and I'm like, yeah, but wait a second. They've played four more games. It's so, so that's number one. That's bothered yeah. me for a while. It's infuriating that the NHL allows that many teams to get ahead. It makes no sense. Like, especially in the NHL more than any other sport because of points. Yeah. I, I, now I'm getting confused. Now I'm doing math. Now I'm like, wait a second. So they're three points ahead, but are they really? They've played four more games. All the uh, team needs to do. That bothers me. So I've noticed that all year. And the other thing I've noticed all year is that you're tasting uh, the tail of the New Jersey Devils. That's all I've seen. 
Well, the Rangers have perfected something, and that is if you're not going to have home ice in the first round, you want to play the team where you can have more fans than theirs in the building. <laughs> so that's it works out perfectly to go Look at, at Jersey. They'll Look have their 9,000 fans there, and we'll flood the rest. So you're full of crap, and here's why. I was at Devils-Rangers Eastern Conference Finals. I think you remember that one. The Devils won in six on a game-winning goal. I think Not only do I remember, that. Summers was outside smoking a cigarette, missed the final call, and I had to tell him what happened. What? Oh, it's a great Steve Adam story. Henrique, right? Yes. Hey, he missed that? I am he wa- didn't see the game-winning goal. I'm the doing Eastern the board Conference overnight Finals. that year in the on the fan. I'm running <laughs> the board. Might have been for whoever the heck was on at the time, but Summers was on in, um, right after the game. But I came in early to make sure I was never commuting during the game. Summer's, you know, watching the game with me in and out of breaks or whatever. Decides that now's the time to go down and have a cigarette. Well, you got to smoke. You got to smoke. He's missing for like 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Think about this. Big Ranger fan, Steve Summers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes upstairs to basically the newsroom. Half of us cheering if you're Devil fan. Half of us like Ranger fans just in this way. What happened? Steve, the season's over. <laughs> what? I thought it was in commercial. Steve. The season is over. And then what did Summers do like he did best? Signed right on the air with that legal pad, acted like he had seen the whole thing. And so has he ever revealed this secret about no, himself? I don't think so. So you just spilled the beans on him. You've decided on February 28th, 2023, with the man enjoying a well-deserved yeah. retirement. Oh, he missed several big moments. To basically outside. call him a fraud. Is what, what He's you not a fraud. Steve, was, Steve watched the games back in his little stool all the time, but nothing... You know, if he was in the mood for a good heater, let's say. Listen, you got to go. You got to go. Not everybody can be Jim Leland and sneak yeah. it while they're working. No. No, I mean, well, back in the day, there might have been some windows open. We can... <laughs> I, was trying to... <laughs> I was trying not to mention that. I wasn't going to mention that. Oh, that's why Steve's a legend. But, yes, there were mo- believe me, there were moments like that. So he missed. Because to me, and I, and I know that didn't work out well for you, and I don't mean to be a jerk here, but I was really into that series. In fact... I'll never forget this. The New Jersey Devils, such a class organization. Because I'm an Islander fan, and this entire radio station up until recently was just filled with nothing but Ranger fans. Just Ranger fans everywhere. Got no problem with that. It's like Nick fans everywhere. Now, luckily, there's a little bit more balance. Keith has adopted the Devils, all that. But I'm an Islander fan. I've always been, I've owned that. But I've never hated the Devils. I have no issue with the Devils. The Devils and Islanders played one time in the playoffs. I was like four. Like, I don't remember it. I think it was in 88 or something. Right, So they really have no history together, other than Lou Lamarillo is now the GM of the Islanders. So during that series, I was the voice of the Devil fan, quote-unquote, because I was rooting against you guys. Of course. So Devils win the series. Adam Henrique game winner. They're in the cup finals against the Kings. We know how that went. And the Devil sent me a present. They sent me a letter and a jersey. Oh, that's sweet. The jersey said Roberts. The letter said, we appreciate your support. Over the last few months oh. during this run. <laughs> Don't what? tell me you ever put it on. No, 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 no. What you number? Seven. It was probably 66. The, uh, what year was that? 2013? 13. Was that 2013? I think. I think it was 2012. Oh, it was 2012. Right. Yeah. My apologies. 2012? Yeah, because you guys went into the cup in 2014. 14. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, I got married right between the conference finals. So you guys played each other two years earlier in the conference finals. And then two years later, Rangers go to the... Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that was like a minute into OT, I think. That's yeah. what, That was it. He, he was well, gone. that's why he, he missed it, it which yes. makes sense. Yeah. No, I, uh, Sean, come on. I would never put that jersey on. I appreciate it. Well, there's, I hung it off. There are some people that fancy themselves hockey fans that wear jerseys of rival teams. Well, and listen, just say because the owner handed it to them. Just call Sal Licata out then. You yes. don't have to... You well, don't he knows. Around. He, he knows. knows. He's owned it. He wanted the free jersey. Let the man have his free jersey. I would have taken the free jersey. I would just never would have put it on because I'm a real Ranger fan. No, I get that. He's a fraud. Yeah. Like we all accept that. Yeah, but he I doesn't. Never, 
I never put the devil jersey on. I I hung it up in the office as a like. Okay, thank you. I yeah, there's nothing with that little behind glass, something like that. Sure. Where and is I, it now? Where is it now? I think it's it's in. So Sean and I were actually talking about this off air. Oh, I apologize. No, no, I'm going to bring it up on air. It's it's worthy of discussion. We were bemoaning how we can never wear our Durant or Irving jerseys ever again. Yeah. And it's weird. Like I my, never got the Durant because I'm fat and seven doesn't look good on a fat right, guy. Right, he explained that. He needs a guy with two numbers yeah. because it, the, the one number makes the fat guy look fatter. Hence so, why I go Daniel Bellinger giant jersey, not Daniel Jones. <laughs> Fair enough. So I was telling him, like, DeGrom is different because I think that, A, I could still wear it. I don't think anybody would have an issue with that. That's yeah, a legend. And then, B, he's going to come back and everyone's going to love him again at some point. Whatever. But with these other jerseys that you're almost embarrassed by, what do you do with them? You can donate them, which is a nice thing to do. You could throw them out, which is wrong. Like, either donate them, don't throw them out, or you could hold on to them. I don't use it fair to the person getting it out of donation. Jeez, I don't know. (laughs) You might rather be nude than wearing a Kevin Durant net jersey again. (laughs) It's true. Or you could tuck it away. Like, put it in that kind of misfit toys cabinet of things that you're never going to wear, but you're never really going to throw it out. And I think that's where my devil jersey is. I think it's with the Durant jersey and the Jason Bay jersey and the Brett Favre jersey. <laughs> you got a Jason Bay No, jersey? no, I'm joking. I never had a Bay or Favre. I'm just kind of playing. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, no, we all, we all made have, failed purchases. Not that anyone is interested in my crappy failed jersey purchase. I had a Mike Nugent jersey. Did anybody ask you? I'm just saying. I, 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 I prefaced it by saying nobody asked me, but I'm telling you anyway. I'm Mike serious. Nugent, Sean Green, Leon Washington. Way, this is code for he does not have the bridge show. There is 15 minutes to Lou Gower. Let me let you know about my jersey collection. <laughs> And I'm way, more cons- to talk. I'm way more concerned about the Devils than Sean is. Let me make that clear, too. No, no, they're a good team. Obviously, it would be pitiful to lose them. But the ra- in all seriousness— It wouldn't be pitiful. It would be—no, it would be a colossal they disaster. They are a really good team, dude. Man. Look at the Rangers on paper right now. I don't the care Devils about them. Who's the best player in uh, New York hockey, New York, New Jersey hockey? Best player. I still think it's Artemi Panarin. It's probably Jack Hughes, wouldn't you say? Well, Jack Hughes certainly— I If still- you're redrafting a team of Islanders, Rangers, well, and Devils— If starting a franchise today, you're uh, going to take Hughes because of eight. Answer my damn question. Are you picking one guy? Who are you picking? Well, it's, it's Who are you the caveat. Hold on. I just asked a question. Building a team or for uh, one Sean, run? I just asked a question. I know nothing about uh-huh. hockey. Islanders, Rangers, Devils, I know nothing. All right, since you're uh, going to play uh, funny who business, who Artemi Panarin's the better player, I would no, take. No, 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 hold on a second. You're having a draft of all Rangers, Islanders, Jesus and Devils, guy. and you're starting a team. I just want you to Jack answer Hughes. my question. You take Jack Hughes. Okay, Thank you. It. Let's move on. All right. So tonight, it's the next. Shesterkin. <laughs> you take Shesterkin, by the way. You take the goalie. Whatever. I I disagree. Whatever. Nets play the Bucks tonight. They're going to lose. The Bucks have won actually four. Adam Fox is the answer. But okay, <laughs> why did you say that then? Again, I, I gave you the opportunity. I'm tired, man. <laughs> he the ran excuses. out of gas at six fifteen. Six fifteen. I, I mean, guess. come on. I, mean, I could go another hour. You're I guess what? I probably have to switch at Jamaica for a train ride home now because of the Grand Central problem. <laughs> All right, I guess really have nothing to say about the Nets. They play the Bucs tonight. They're going to lose. It's going to be the Bucs' 15th straight win. Giannis is playing. He's listed as probable for this game. He's going to play. What are you bothered by? Well, this is what I'm bothered by. You cannot wear a Kevin Durant jersey. Why, Evan? Why can't you wear one? Because you'd be embarrassed. That ship sailed. What are you worried about? None of your teams have won a championship. Therefore, you can never wear any jersey. Who cares? No, you can no, still no, show. No, no, no. Hold on a second. Uh, hold on, hold on, you hold can't on. show respect for Kevin Durant. I don't think you he... prayed at the altar of the guy for years. I don't now think... all of a sudden you got to donate it to charity? Yeah, I don't think 
he ended up doing enough for me to wear his jersey after he's done with this team. Jacob DeGrom is very different. Jake and is, I think you'd agree with that. I agree. Okay. So I don't think, especially forcing his way out at the end, because he couldn't play without a superstar. Like, while I appreciate what he did while he was here, and I thank him for giving full effort, he Ev, didn't do enough for me to put his freaking Ev, jersey on. Ev, can I say something's going to bother you? And what? I and I disagree. I would, I'm going to be more in agreement with your point, but I'm serious. I think there's a chance... 15 years from now, Kevin Durant's jersey is retired by the Nets. Oh, come on. I really come believe on. that. He it says more would. about the franchise. Bro, Brooke Lopez should have his jersey retired before Kevin Durant. I'm sorry. And by the way. They won the same amount of postseason series even though he wasn't healthy. There's a chance Brooke Lopez may too. There may be a string of, you know, team gets bad. Got to string some nights together. Fill up the Barkley. I mean, it is. It's not like the Nets have this, like, prestigious history. No, no, I get it. And look, you and Kevin Durant, like it or not, was part of some of the Kevin- best memories <laughs> Kevin Durant is the best, you could argue, and maybe I would argue this if I was in the mood, is the best basketball player, period, stop, whoever played in New York City. Even though it wasn't a long period of time and they didn't win a championship, I I get all that. But as of right now, and who knows, maybe 10 years from now, the Nets are so bad, my view changes. But to answer his question, no, I'm not putting a Kevin Durant jersey on. I guess we're tired. See you later. Yeah. Well, but okay, so then what net jersey are you wearing? Jason Ke- Kendall oh, Gill? What well, yeah, no, from I'll, what answer, I'll answer it for you. Richard Jefferson. RJ, okay. Jason Kidd. I have three different Kenyon Martin jerseys. Kenyon Martin and like Kenyon didn't play here long, but they did get to an NBA. They got to two NBA finals. He's Kevin Durant. Oh, a second. He's an all-time player. Loogie, a Loogie, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest won, players in history. They won one round. Oh wow! And then he said, "Get me out of so here this, when Kyrie was yeah, gone." Like, he, what do you want me to at do? At least he picked your franchise to go play there, Evan. Great. And now all of a sudden, you're basically going to blame him for everything. I didn't blame him no, for you everything. Are. I'm choosing you're not putting- to. You're putting his jersey away to the side. What was that? Lou Gower has this thing he does where he gets like tough guy angry. I know, very much. And he does this like point. Like his hand's almost in like the, you know, the hand, you know, gesture. Yeah. What are you trying to do there? Uh, what do you mean? Intimidate what, what, me. I'm trying to intimidate him, exactly. The way you... No, no, yo, I'm... Yo, I'm, hey, I'm going to tell you right now. I'll tell you why. There's Dude, Durant did everything for you. Let's go put on his jersey. Nice impression. Maybe you could open up for Tom Brady. This is why I'm pressing you. Because for years, we had to sit here and listen to Evan. He's marrying me. He's my yeah, guy. he was. Kevin Durant. Yeah, he he posted that picture of him and his son basically looking at the guy like he's the next coming. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, you know, 17 years from now, after your team what? hasn't won a championship at that time. Like, you think you... Brady's still wearing the Uggs? Yeah. Giselle got him? But I mean, he, yeah, he but married he, here, too. But he came here. And he tried. Yeah, but that's not and enough. And now, you're, it's not enough, huh? No, I don't think so. I think the way the it next. ended... Okay, Sorry, bro. Uh, do you but, want my answer or you just want to keep uh, uh, intimidating me with your finger? You could go. You go ahead. No, you go. I'm giving you my answer. You don't have to like it. No, you go. I, yes, everything that I did in praying to his altar is true. He was marrying me. That's what I thought. And then he divorced me. And then he broke up with me. And then he left. And they didn't win enough. They won one round. I won as much postseason as I did when Darren so you'll Williams when he comes here. back. By the way, I but, didn't say that. By the way, no, it was so sure on the, on the Suns, by the way, is his destination for six months. You could also say he cheated on Steve. Yeah, he really was. <laughs> He was screwing around before we sent him there. No, there's a big difference between booing a guy and then gladly wearing someone's jersey. Uh, I don't know. To, to answer that, I don't know if I'm going to boo Kevin Durant when he comes back. It's a year from now. I got to see where we're at. I got to see how I feel. If they win a championship, that may bother me a lot. So the booing thing is a completely separate discussion. Me wearing his jersey now, and you're on the wrong side of this, bro. Is insane. Next year yeah. at Barclays Center, there will be more Kevin Durant jerseys being worn than any player on the anything. team. Yeah. So then how am I on the wrong side Luke of it? Because then, Met man. fans still wear Tim Tebow jerseys. Like, it's pathetic. 
It's lame. There may come a point in time in a decade or so where it's it's cool in a funny way to wear Durant net jerseys again. Where maybe we've accepted. Who knows? Maybe the Nets have been to a final. We've kind of accepted like that. Era no, no, but he's saying next year. No, you can't wear Durant jerseys. And there will be, by the way. You know why? Because when people open up the closet and have Nets tickets, they're looking to wear anything Nets, and they're wearing it more for what's on the front. And of the here's jersey. the other thing. To to, to Morris's point, we were talking about this off air as well. Is I don't think I want to buy another jersey for a while. Nope. And after what just happened, like I'm not in a rush to buy a Mikel Bridges jersey. I'm sorry, I'm not in a rush to buy anybody. Like, Nick Claxton would be the closest. Yeah, no Ben but, Simmons? No, but this franchise could easily uh, trade he's any the greatest, of these guys in two years. He's the greatest player in the history of your franchise, Kevin Durant. Willie Mays is the greatest player in the history of the Mets franchise. Yeah. And, we, and then retire his jersey? No. no. Retire his number. No, no, and that's great, and it's a different thing, but are you wearing his jersey? Yeah. Yes. No, you're you not. He's a great player. You not only is Lugar not wearing the jersey, he barely wears jerseys. Oh, I don't wear jerseys. I have nothing yeah. to do with that. Thank but, you. <laughs> but I'm just talking about Evan, who would wear talking about jerseys. He's yeah, wearing yeah. pink I've to a Met game. Yeah. I wear tight pants, life. tight pants and neon, but I'm just speaking more to Evan. I don't Evan understand what stuff. you're arguing, and I guess this is a preview of my hellscape of tomorrow for four and a half hours. Like, Better I don't be know what you want. You're on for four and a half hours? Well, shut up. I got eight minutes left. I know. He's taking your time. My goodness. I got 720. We could all go to 720. We could share it. I don't care. We got to go to Great Wolf Lodge. He's got He's got places to go. I don't know what you want from me. Like you, you, you literally arguing that I should wear a Kevin Durant jersey. <laughs> like I'm so confused by you. Yes, because I'm arguing is that your entire history as a fan, everybody failed. So your argument would be that you shouldn't wear anybody's jersey because everybody failed. No, no, there's different types of failures. Okay, Come now on, we're now we're like compartmentalizing no, the there failures. Is. No, yeah, there is. I think the amount of there time is. you spent. Look, I'll give you a great example, and I'll give you a guy who's probably a Hall of Famer who I hated at times when he was on my team who I would wear the jersey of. A buddy of mine got me his jersey a few years ago, and I will gladly wear it, and his name is Vince Carter. Now, I admit, the Nets did not win a championship with Vince Carter. In I fact, Carter jersey, they yeah. got as far with Vince Carter as they got with Kevin Durant. Absolutely. Never got to a conference Carter's final. in my beach collection. But <laughs> Vince, you're funny, Vince was here long enough, and the breakup wasn't bad enough where I felt he quit on me that, yeah, I could wear a Vince Carter jersey. Now, was well, Kevin Durant better us. than Vince? Go ahead. Nobody ever mocked us when we had Vince Carter or, like, the idea that he was leaving or, you know what I mean? Kevin Durant be- made us the picture of mockery from Nick fans as well. That yeah. part, that's part of it. Well, they, they were jealous and then mocked. Sure. Like, there was a mix of both. But Vince did more here than Kevin did. Like, do you not see that? Like, I will gladly wear the Vince Carter jersey and thank him for <sighs> his time and service more than I would a Kevin Durant jersey. It's sort of unfair only from this category. Go ahead. Kevin Durant should have, and I believe would have, delivered a championship to us if Kyrie did not get okay, hurt. Okay, but to me, that is, it's not his fault that he didn't technically do more. So you were more likely to wear a Durant jersey or a Carter jersey? Both, but not you right away. You put them in equal uh, standing? I will never feel scorned by Carter. I'll feel scorned by Well, that's Durant, a big point But I it. definitely hate Durant less than Kyrie and Harden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not what he was even bringing up, obviously. I, right. I blame Kyrie Irving for this. Either way, the Nets game's coming up in an hour. Check it out. They're taking on the Bucs. Lugie's, Lugie's got a bridge show. He'll scream about something. I'm not sure what it is. And point his finger out a ton. Yeah. Maybe scream about me. Evan's such a douche. Can you believe he won't wear that Durant jersey? Whatever it is, I so look forward to tomorrow. Because Lugie's going to sit in Craig's chair tomorrow, and I can't wait. I'm very excited. But, Sean, you did a hell of a job. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. I really it. appreciate you doing it before you go on vacation. So have a good time at Thank the you. Wolf's Den. And I'll be back on the fan Saturday, 5 to 9. Oh, will you? That's right. 5 to 9. P.M. 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 You coming into the studio to do that show? Sure. Are you coming in the studio to do that show? The answer is sure. Boomer. He's not coming in. <laughs>
<laughs> I'm just kidding. It's great. I sort of created this when I started doing Saturdays at home. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, though. In all seriousness, excellent show. Had a blast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.